Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's bi-weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. This is the Thursday show where I have a conversation with people in the restaurant industry that I think you will want to hear from. And there are not very many people I want to hear from more from these two chefs. Gentlemen, let me introduce you separately so people can hear your voices. Making his triumphant, we think, fifth appearance on the podcast, Chef Felipe Riccio, partner in Goodnight Hospitality. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well, Eric. Thank you for having me yet again. Making his debut, a partner in the Marigold Club, a restaurant coming soon to the Goodnight Campus, Chef Austin Waiter. Welcome to the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. Austin, since you're new, let me start with you. It's been about two years since you made the decision to leave your post as chef at Tony's and sign on with Goodnight to open the Marigold Club. Take me back just a little bit to that time and kind of what what drew you to this opportunity? What made it seem like the right next move for you after what had been a, a very successful run at Tony's? You know, I think... Um... It really started when Felipe and I met at an Urban Harvest event and, you know, we connected, we were just chatting just about food and travel and things like that. I think we both connected pretty heavily through that. Um, And then, you know, toward my end at Tony's, you know, we were, I was just kind of looking at, you know, what's my next step, you know, where do I want to be? Um, and, you know, Felipe and good night with June and everyone is, you know, such a powerhouse and, really attention to detail and it's something that really drew me to the the team and the, the whole campus as a whole yeah felipe i mean from from you and june's perspective i mean you know you you guys could have potentially hired anybody uh from anywhere in the country to to be the chef for the marigold club what was it about austin that stood out i think it's his character and how long he had been at tony's and and how much of a beast tony's is you know uh what the requirements are of 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 running that that restaurant that whole program Uh, it's pretty intense you know um and so we knew that austin had what it took you know he was able to you know he it was proven that he could operate a, a restaurant you know not just run a kitchen not just you know come up with a menu but it's really operating a restaurant and you know um, and that's, you know, why he's he's in the role as as a chef partner for for Marigold Club, you know. Um, it's our largest project. Uh, it's ambitious. Um, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, you know, we're lucky that it's right next door to to the rest of the of you know the 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 rest of the concepts, uh, but it's still a separate building. It's it's our first step outside of those four walls. Um, so it's it's exciting. And we knew Austin, uh, you know, we had seen his work at at Tony's, obviously. You know, had plenty, plenty of conversations to to feel pretty confident about that move, and it's you know, it's it's shown. I mean, it's been great to work with him the past two years, and I can't wait to do it in Marigold. Yeah, I talk a little bit more about Marigold because I, you know, like I said, it's been about two years since you announced it. Modern continental cuisine. I I don't know that I have like a very firm grasp on kind of what that is. So so maybe just explain a little bit about kind of your vision for the restaurant and, and how it sort of complements what you're already doing at March and Rosie Cannonball. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people hear continental cuisine and they think, you know, hotel breakfast, and that's kind of the first thing that kind of pops <laughs> in. Uh, 
Uh, so we are not doing that. I mean, it's it's continental in the in the sense that you know we're we're drawing from a lot of European countries as a whole, um, but we're really focusing it through a lens of of London specifically. Um, just with my time being there, and I think it's a very unique city, and it's very similar to Houston with how global it is. Um, so it's pretty unique in that aspect. Uh, so I think you know where it fits with already the good night you know, concepts. I think it's kind of right between that rosy and March, you know, dining style. Um, but, you know, I think they're all very indiv- individual, very unique, and very focused on specific aspects of, and really stick within certain boundaries. So I think Marigold, um, you know, our boundaries are Europe, but, you know, really drawing into that like posh supper club, London vibe that the, that the dining room will have. Yeah. I know you, you mentioned that you were in London. So where were you staging and, and kind of, what did you learn? What did you, what did you bring back to Houston from those experiences? Yeah. So, um, I spent a total of about, uh, about two months over there. Um, so I worked at Frog by Adam, Adam Handling, which is in Covenant Garden. Um, you know, one-star Michelin place, you know, pretty new and, you know, very, very hip. And I, I saw a lot of um, interesting stuff there, a lot of sustainability there. Um, and then the Five Fields, which is in Chelsea. So really unique and actually pretty similar to Goodnight to where we have a partner farm out in Belleville. They have a partner farm, you know, south of London and really drive home that, you know, getting all their produce from there, they actually get their venison from the farm as well. So kind of a cool aspect to kind of bring into my stage at that point. And then I spent a month at Core by Claire Smith, which was by far, you know, one of my most cherished memories of London. I think it's a unique uh, restaurant. It has three Michelin stars. You know, she worked under Gordon Ramsay. So, you know, it's very operationally sound uh, and the kitchen is is pretty spectacular to work in yeah i mean we should say i mean core by claire smith is probably one of the five best restaurants in england i mean on that on that very short list definitely so so just say a little more about kind of your time there like what did what what are what are you bringing back from from core to to the marigold club you know i think um the way she cooks and you know seeing the way they treat the product that they get, you know, you're not trying to, you know, get the product in and, you know, by the time it hits the plate, it just looks completely different, tastes completely different. So it's really just highlighting how good the products you're getting, whether it's the protein, whether it's the vegetables and really trying to complement them more than just to use them and, and mask them in a bigger, you know, plate. So, you know, I think that was the biggest thing and and seeing the how like clean her flavor profiles are and and how beautiful her food is as well. So I guess Felipe, kind of what is the status of of Marigold? I mean, you know, I, I saw you at March a few weeks ago. I sort of teased you about uh wanting to celebrate my birthday there in May. Like when when do you think we'll be eating at, at the Marigold Club? We very much so hope that you can celebrate with us in May. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's moving along, you know, I mean, we're definitely, you know, we pay a lot of attention to detail and we're definitely in the stage of, of getting all those details finished up and, and, you know, into the restaurant, um, whether it's, you know, actual finishes on walls or, you know, all of the, 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 the furniture and smallwares and all that, that makes a restaurant, 
um, you know, unique. Um, so there's a lot of work left, uh, but we're working hard. You know, the rain's not helping right, right now, but, um, you know, everyone, everyone's working hard to kind of finalize everything and keep it, uh, you know, for that first early part of the year. So Austin, how much do you want to say about kind of what we'll be eating when we're, when we're there? Yep. So, uh, you know, continental cuisine, you're really going to focus on seafood. You know, we're going to have a full raw bar there. So uh, really, really excited about that, being able to just pull in whatever's in season. Um, really, really excited about that. You know, I see the list coming through right now, the seafood lists, and, you know, it's hard not to pull the trigger and buy it right now. But, um, you know, we're really excited, I think, about that aspect of it. And then also, I think I'm really excited about, you know, once we open and once we get our feet on the ground, you know, starting tea service, I think there's very few places in town that are able to do that. And I think being able to get tea and and awesome champagne or sparkling wine and also, you know, seafood, you know, Houstonians love raw oysters, you know, anything from the Gulf and, and from the East coast as well. So, you know, I think that's the most exciting part about it. And there will be Wellington. I assume there 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 must be at least one Wellington. There there might be a Wellington. Let's just say that. <laughs> might... <laughs> you know, it'll, it'll, it'll be fun because I, Rosie definitely, you know, leans more Italian. It isn't an Italian restaurant, but it does lean so heavily Italian. Um, and you know, we play around with French flavors here and there, but definitely with Marigold, getting to to really focus in sort of that like you know, classic French technique and, you know, again, through the eyes of London, uh, which actually makes it fun. Uh, and there's a lot of history of that in London. There's a lot of history of that, you know, in, in Paris, you know, as well. So like this, this kind of back and forth between the two, um, you know, spending time, both of us spend time in Europe, staging like there are so many of the cooks, you know, whether they're French cooks or Italian cooks, Spanish cooks, go to London for a year or two. And that's pretty much all they can take uh, because it's intense. It's an intense city. Uh, it is the competition is is insane. Uh, the amount of hours that Austin worked in the two months that he was there, you know, um, rather not count. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's uh, that view of London kind of, you know, into the rest of Europe, like whether it's, it, you know, amazing Italian restaurants, you know, amazing Spanish food, um, but kind of playing off those very classic flavors from, from, you know, the French, you know, tome of cooking, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, the other thing I sort of think about with that, like old school and a classic continental is, is like kind of over the top service, right? Like a table side kind of uh, effusive, show me in service aspect. So do you, do you have like a vision for, for how that's going to integrate in the, in the Marigold club? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we're definitely playing with a lot of different options and ideas with, you know, uh, table side service and carts, whether it's with food or, or beverage. Um, that's definitely something that we want to utilize and be able to, you know, show to our guests and welcome, welcome them with that kind of service. Well, and that was, I mean, part of your tenure at Tony's, the salt-crusted snapper comes out on fire in the middle of the dining room. And then you did that duck press dish that was uh, yeah. kind of a big hit. Yeah. yeah there will yeah. not be snapper on yeah, fire. Yeah, we're, we're going to try and keep <laughs> minimal fire to our dining room. Um, but no, I think... Well, and, and also you wouldn't want to rip off like a an iconic dish from your previous, right? Like that wouldn't make sense. Exactly. But... Exactly. Yeah, you know, we're we're... 
we're really excited about the menu. I think we're, we're about 90% there with, you know, where it's looking and, and how it's formatted. So I think it's, um, you know, now we're just ready to get in that building and, and start cooking. Well, and also lunch and dinner. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's been sort of widely reported, but you know, you're kind of hip CNBC and lunch spot. Yeah. That's the goal. Yep. Definitely. I mean, I think, you know, also, I mean, the dining room and, you know, if anyone has ever been to Goodnight Charlie's when it was around versus walking to Marigold Club, it's going to be, you know, you're going to see, you know, a similar outside of the building, of course, but it, the interior is completely changed. Um, you'll kind of be able to remember where the stage was, but I think those long lunches out on the patio, yep. you know, seafood towers, I think it's going to be something really great to see in Houston. Well, and and also I just have, you know, your, your business partner, Bailey McCarthy is so, you know, she's known for biscuit, her home goods store. And, and she's got such a dramatic sort of personal style. Like I, I've been sort of envisioning this as like Bailey's showcase. Like this is where she's going to be in a corner booth with her friends, like holding court, you know, <laughs> like on a Friday lunch with just like bottles of, of champagne and, and tall seafood towers. Yeah, I think I mean, I think her style is is pretty amazing. And it's it's so great, you know, for us all to work together and just to see, you know, her vision for, yeah. for what the interior really uh, is going to look like. And, you know, I think we all as business partners work really well together just from knowing, you know, what we what we specialize in and and really learn a lot from each other, being able to watch each other work as well. Yeah. And I was, I was in, uh, I, I popped into the lounge at March, like right before the Sicily season ended. And, and I was there with friends who had never been there before. So I was like, pretty pleased. Can we, can, can we show them the wine cellar? And mm-hmm. thankfully one of the nice parts about March is they're not, they're not really inclined to tell anybody no, which, so they, they got very graciously accommodated us. And there's this huge, you walk down there and there's like these massive magnums of Dom Perignon on the table and they're like, Oh yeah, that's for, that's for Marigold club. Like the, the Dom is for yeah, Marigold club. I, so I'm, I'm all for drinking more champagne at, at restaurants across the city. And, and if that's on the menu at Marigold club, that that's all to the good. Almost definitely. All right. Let's pivot to March. Felipe, you, you just wrapped up Sicily. You're about to introduce Catalonia. So, so, so talk to me about Sicily first. I mean, how do you, how do you feel like that went? Because, yeah, how do you feel like it went? Because I have my opinion, but I, I want you to go first. Well, I'm curious to hear it. Uh, no, I mean, I I really enjoy the season. You know, I think it's been a lot of fun every season. Um, we have learned a lot. Uh, you know, we have learned how to do the transition into the new menu better and better. Uh, there is there's a tremendous amount of work that the whole culinary team puts in. Um, you know, Austin saw it. You know, he was an integral part of of the Greek season. Uh, and even, you know, till today, you know, we, we talk about dishes and he, he supports the, the team as well there. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work every time we have to turn the menu around because literally the entire menu changes. Um, and again, it's been fun to learn how to do it better and better and what works, what doesn't work, what people get excited about, what people's, you know, kind of perception of what we're trying to do. Um, you know, it affects how we cook and it's important to be reactive to that. And it's cool because we get to really think about it. And then every season implement something that we are learning from, from our guests, from our services, 
Um, the Sicily menu, I was I was pretty excited about, to be honest. I mean, it was I felt like we were finally ready to tackle one of the Italian menus. Um, and, and I felt like Sicily was the what's the right place to start. Um, there's a lot of incredible flavors. You know, it was it was such a historically it's in the you know, it's been the crossroads of the Mediterranean. So there was a lot that we had learned that we could implement there from different seasons. So uh, I was pretty I, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. And then you finally got your pasta. Yes. That, yes. That's that's exactly what I was. You, you set me up perfectly. Yes. I was delighted <laughs> that you were finally making making pasta because. Uh, you know, as I've said on the show before, like I, I remember your pasta pop-ups back at, at Polly's and at Ralph Smith and, and everything. And and so, yes, I, I was delighted Two pasta courses that uh, suited me just fine, but you know, having, having been in for Greece and then having come in for Sicily, it, it really does feel like the restaurant has come up a level in terms of the creativity of the dishes and the, and the way that they're executed and presented. Not that it was ever bad. But just the, like you're finally getting your hands around this this experience because it's always been it's all, like if you you know I I talk to people sometimes and they look at me and they go you know two hundred and fifty dollars for nine courses a hundred dollars for the wine pairings plus tax plus tip like it's a lot of money it is and I and I say to them well look like I'm never gonna sit courtside for a Rockets game I'm never gonna sit on the 50 yard line for a Texans game. I don't need box seats at the Houston symphony, but if you love dining, if, if this is your choice of entertainment, going to Mart, like going to March for two people is like sitting on the floor for Taylor Swift, right? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's that kind of financial outlay. And if you love Taylor Swift, you don't even think twice about it. Sure. And if you love restaurants and the, the pomp and circumstance and and kind of a restaurant that's really like doing everything it can to make you as happy as possible. Then yep. you won't think twice about spending it for March. Uh, even recognizing that it's, it's a lot of money and it's, it, it's probably the kind of place like I suspect most people only come once a season, right? They, they go, they have the menu and then that's it. Yeah. You know, and we, we definitely have, you know, we have a, a long list of guests that come once a season, and it's part of the reason why the the restaurant set up the way it is. Why we, you know, have these these changes that are on theme to to get you, you know, it's like a new season, right? Literally, I mean, it's it's the next season, right? Um, and you know, we're very, we're very we have guests that come in, you know, at the beginning and at the end, um, which is a lot of fun to see. We we're very conscious as to you know, the cost of it, it is, it is expensive. You know, it is, it is a, a big commitment, you know, not just in, in, in money, you know, um, in, in time, uh, in effort. Uh, so really like we're, we're, we're very conscious of it. The team's very conscious of it. And so we work extremely hard day in, day out to make sure that, you know, we are providing full value for it, uh, and really above and beyond, right? Like we want people to come and leave being like, wow, like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter how much I pay that, that experience was incredible. Uh, and in all aspects of it, you know, and like the food is the menu, depending on the menu and depending on the dish, like the food might not be for everyone. It might not be, you might not be like, oh my God, every single dish is the most delicious thing I've ever had. Like, I don't know if that's really possible. Um, you know, but it's really a, about the whole experience and really understanding what the product is, and how you're going to be treated and how you're going to feel. Um, and, and, you know, uh, I think we, the team does an excellent job day in, day out. 
Well, and, and I always joke, you know, just logically, one of those nine is the best dish, and therefore one of the nine is the worst dish. But but I, I go to a tasting menu kind of knowing that, right? Like if I, even at your price point, right? If I absolutely love three or four of them and I like another three, if I don't like one, like I can live with that, you know, because yeah. I, you're kind of subsidizing the the creativity and the vision that goes into it. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think we, we put effort into every single dish, you know, the exact same effort into every single dish. And even for us, like there's dishes that stand out more in the creative process or dishes that, you know, and it's always different how those come up. Uh, but, you know, there's definitely, you know, favors of our own. Right. And I, I genuinely ask people all the time when I have conversations table side or, you know, when they when I hear, oh, yeah, I went to March you know, whether it's at Rosie or out and about, I always ask people like, what was your most favorite? What was your least favorite? And, you know, I literally say, please answer that question. Like, don't, don't feel like, oh, they're, you know, when, if they say, oh, I didn't have a favorite. I'm like, no, no, no. Still, you had nine different dishes. Which one was your least favorite? Doesn't mean it was bad, but your least favorite. Um, and it's, you know, there's seasons where I get the same answer, you know, and there's seasons where I get, you know, and so we know, you know, and there's seasons where I get, uh, you know, depending on your palate and what you like, that answer is different. Uh, and, and that's that's fine. Right. I mean, even in the Sicily menu, you know, the spaghetti dish with the caviar had so much umami. It was so pungent. It was like either either it, that just like resonated with your taste buds and you absolutely devoured it or you took two bites of it and you were like, this is so intense. Like, like I'm good. Yeah. Uh, Austin, let me let me bring you back into this because I know you've done some work at March. You know, you came from from Tony's, which is, you know, a couple hundred seats and banquet and lunch and, you know, March is like 28 seats and it's it's very focused, very, very intimate. What, what was it like for you kind of coming into that environment? You know, I think the biggest thing was, you know, in creating the menu, how, you know, it's it's amazing to watch you know okay we're we're doing grease right and how the research develops the menu and how it influences you know your way to creating the whole menu you know what flavors do they want to hit you know what products do they want to hit and then what products can we get you know that's a big thing like i think felipe does an amazing job with with sourcing things i mean he probably calls a hundred people before the season, just try, trying to find one thing every season. And I think it's, <laughs> yeah. And it's amazing to see like, you know, how much work just goes into that grease season. Um, and he does that twice a year. It's like opening a brand new restaurant minus the build out. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, but I think like the, the community, like all the chefs, you know, it's pretty unique to find a place where, you know, you can put a dish down, that six people have worked on different components. You put it down in the middle and you can generally, you know, listen to everyone's kind of feedback and hear, you know, what's working, what's not working. And then also, what do we want to see out of this dish? Like what story does this dish tell and how does it, you know, circle back to being true to the, to the concept or to the season that, that they're working on there. So I think it's pretty amazing to see, you know, just like, the salts, the different types of olive oil, you know, they make such a big difference. And, you know, we would taste, you know, 10 different olive oils trying to find the right one to complement what we were doing. Well, that seems like a good jumping off point to talk about the new menu. So, you know, obviously your Catalonia sort of 
define that kind of geographically and and tell me a little bit about how you pick that as as the next place you wanted to focus on. Yeah, so we're going a little wider. We're going where we're calling Paisos Catalans. So that is Catalan countries, right? So that includes, you know, the modern day region of, of Catalonia um, in in um, their eastern um, coast of Spain. So like where Barcelona is, right? So Barcelona being the capital. Um, so it's right there, just south of the Pyrenees Mountains, uh, east of the east of the Basque Country and like Rioja. Um, but it, the larger sort of cultural linguistic region which is you know kind of how we are those borders how we are defining that where do they speak catalan why do they speak catalan in these regions uh include uh catalonia itself um valencia uh, andorra which is a tiny landlocked uh, uh, princip uh principality in 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 between france and spain uh and then the roussillon region in france uh, again so kind of that side the other side of the mountains uh, the pyrenees mountains and then the balearic islands so like ibiza menorca mallorca um so yeah so that's kind of like culturally and holistically and then those two you know language influences culture culture influences food um and so how what is the through line what are the differences between these people that share common language um uh, and what what's their food style, right? What what are they? What are the ingredients that are important? How do they get there? Where are they from? Um, you know, what are they? What are their rituals? What are their you know festivities? Uh, all those things are part of the research. Uh, you know, the geography of it, the topography of it. You know, this is the first season. You know, there's mountains all over the Mediterranean, of course, uh, even in Sicily. You know, Mount Etna and all this, but it really like the Pyrenees. Is is the first region that we've been in that has these mountains uh, and, and a lot of rivers. You know, the south of Spain had it as well, and we kind of played a little bit with with eels and things like that. Uh, but in this season, you know, being able to play with more freshwater uh, seafood, being able to play with, with with you know vegetables that grow higher altitudes and and all that, uh, all those flavors that define geographically a place, um, and then the cultural aspect of it. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Every single time we learn, we learn something new. You know, we we've again part of getting better at doing the turnover of the menus is being ahead. You know, we've done seasons where like we're crawling to the end of the current season, and you know, we're we need a break before we even start thinking of the new season. And we've had other seasons where you know we leave with the menu fully set, you know, fully tested, uh, recipes fully laid out. And it's always a little bit different, you know, based on based on what's going on. Uh, but, you know, our goal is to continue to get better, continue to get faster, more efficient at it, uh, while still not never letting go of that, that iterate, iterative design. So it's like, you know, we put up a dish, we put up a, an ingredient or a flavor or a sauce, and then building on that and really like seeing the different iterations and the different input, like Austin was saying, of the team, the, 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 the SOM team, you know, uh, June and, you know, Amber, the culinary director, you know, obviously Austin, like, you know, we all have, and then later on the captains and then later on the full team. Um, so they all get to see every single dish before we open. So it's a lot of work. Um, so we always try, we're, you know, we're trying to be ahead of a few seasons now. Um, you know, we're, we're working on that next season or like, you know, kind of narrowing down what those next seasons are going to be as well. Um, and the the previous season does influence kind of where we're going. Uh, there is 
the research of it does. You know, when we were in in Greece, you know, Sicily was a, you know, a, a, a Sicily was part of Magna Grecia, the larger Greece empire, right? Um, so culturally, historically, and then so this, they're so uh, gastronomically, it made sense to go there. You know, Catalonia and the Spanish, uh, you know, lands have a connection to Sicily and southern Italy through, through again, kingdoms and all this, you know, nerdy history stuff. Um, so there is a, there is a rhyme and a reason. Um, and sometimes it's just literally geography, right? When we were in the Levant and, you know, North Africa made sense, you know, when we were in North Africa, um, you know, Oxid- you know, Andalusia, Murcia and South of Spain made sense. So, yeah, it's, it's always a, a process of, of finding way to the next stop so then like it wouldn't be completely out of bounds to say like oh you know we'll do southern france next like centered around marseille and seafood and and all that stuff yeah 100 you know and it, it definitely like you know the season that we're going into and they're kind of weird and houston's weird with seasons anyway uh but you know whether it's like the warmer season or the colder season you know uh but again this menu right now that we're going to start at the end of january january 30th and then it goes you know it's going to go till kind of the beginning of summer so even within that there's a, a wide range of, of of weather that houston's houstonians have to um brave with you know uh, and then also in the later season as well so that that also influences where we go um right so so talk to me about uh specific dishes i mean what are what are maybe one or two of the things you're you're planning to serve um you know we're we're working again you know playing playing with 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 some freshwater fish uh you know we really wanted to do do trout and things like that um you know, and some of that, again, like Austin was saying, the sourcing of it can be can be tricky. Uh, consistently getting beautiful trout is pretty challenging. Uh, but, you know, like so finding those 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 substitutions, those, those things that fit into the the menu well um, and, and deliver the right quality and the right consistency is crucial. Right. So, for example, you know, we're going to have this beautiful Arctic char dish um, that is that is, has a lot of the notes of of the 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 charring and the 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 grilling and outdoor cooking that the region uh, has um you know while while sort of the richness um of 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 some of the classic uh mountain and seafood you know and like river you know mountain river uh dishes that that they'll have uh, up in the mountains you know you'll have the the very traditional you know comparison of mari montaña so you know the, the the literally the mountain and the in the and the in the ocean uh and how those two work together in in one dish um they do a lot of play on sweet and savory in catalonia and 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 the regions around it so it's uh it's going to be fun you know we have part of the you know saying oh everyone knows you know pan con tomate and we're like oh man it's going to be january how are we going to do that you know uh, and so like again it all it does the season that we're going into influences the menu so you know there's a play on that um it's uh it's it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun there's some great flavors that i'm excited for all right let me and then let me just take a step back and kind of ask you you know more broadly you know i i walked out of march my last meal there with Mary Clarkson and and I just kind of looked at her and I was like, this is, I mean, this is on the, the, the list of the very best restaurants in Houston. Like it's such a, it's such a comprehensive experience. We have, you know, every time I leave there, I just feel 
like the food is really delicious and I feel so well cared for. Do you feel like you've gotten kind of enough recognition for the work that you're doing? I mean, this is, you know, James Beard semifinalists are, are coming out this week. Um, you know, we're getting geared up for the Tastemaker Awards. I mean, do you, do you, do you care? I mean, do you, do you, you know, do you seek that kind of stuff? Does it, does it matter to you? You know, I think, I mean, that's a lot of kind of questions there, right? Um, I don't seek it out, you know, uh, probably June and, you know, our PR people probably, you know, they yell at me for it, but, you know, I do care. Um, I care for the team, you know, and truly, uh, um, you know, they do a tremendous amount of work. I want the, I do want the recognition for the team, for the restaurant, what what we are all doing. Uh, it isn't just me, you know, March isn't built, neither March nor Rosie are built based on me and my personality. Um, you know, they're based, they, they, I influence them heavily, we know, in the things that I love and I'm passionate about. Um, but there, there is plenty of other people that do that in the restaurants, whether it's, you know, June and, 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 and Amber and the, the individual, um, you know, Chef the Cuisines, Matt Hamilton at, at Rosie, Chris Davies at uh, at March, you know, they have a tremendous um, influence in what we're doing. And so I want that recognition for the teams. Of course, uh, I wanted the recognitions for, you know, the the business itself. You know, it, they, they do help. Uh, they do mean something. Um, I want the recognition for for the guests to feel comfortable at spending that amount of money, being like, oh, OK, yeah, like this, you know, this is a recognized restaurant. This is, it makes sense. You know? Um, you know, we're not ripping people off. It costs a lot of money to do what we're doing. Right. Um, yeah. And so I want them to feel comfortable, you know, because of the accolades. I also, I am very thankful at the accolades that we've received um, so far, you know, like the food and wine article, you know, the, 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 it was really, you know, I read it all the time because it's, it kind of reminds me of what the project is about um, you know, having that that focus of why why the restaurant why is the restaurant the way it is? Um, it is it, it was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool article. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think they are. It is important. Those recognitions and those awards are important for the, for our industry. Uh, personally, like they're great, but you know, that's not why I, I want them or or we work hard for. It. Um, and we don't even really work hard for the award. We work hard because we love what we do. It, I mean, it is as, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, that's why we do it day in, day out. Well, yeah. I mean, if you, it's, it's too much work. It's, it's, it's too hard to to just like do it every day, waiting for someone else to, to notice and give you a pat on the back. Right. You, you have to feel a sense of personal satisfaction from, from doing it. Otherwise, you know, you could, I don't know. You could you could do something else that would be a lot simpler. Yep. <laughs> 100%. Restaurants are extremely complicated machines. Austin, let me, you know, the the countdown is on and we say all that not to delve too deeply in your personal life, but you're also about to have your first child. I mean, are you nervous? Are you excited? Are you both like how do you, you know, you've been, you've been working towards this for 2 years. Well, I yeah, I mean this your your life is about to change dramatically in the next say in 3 months. I mean, yeah. How, no, how are you feeling? I, I feel really good. Um, you know, obviously I'm excited. You know, my wife, Shannon, and I are expecting our first child. And I think that's going to be, you know, 
I'm so excited for it. I think it's going to obviously be life changing. And, you know, it's nice to have Felipe because I can just question him because he's got a kid and I can yeah. see, you know, Hey man, like how, how'd this work out? And I don't, like, I don't lie to him. I tell yeah. him, I tell him hundred yeah. percent how so hard your, it's going to be. Your, your life is going to change. It's going to be the hardest thing you do. And then we talk about Marigold yeah. club and it's going to be the hardest thing you do as well. Yeah. You know, I think, um, you know, I think being a part of good night hospitality and, you know, still being able, able to achieve, you know, personal goals within my personal life, as well as professional goals like opening a restaurant. I think, you know, Felipe, June and the McCarthy's, I think we all are like-minded and, you know, we all pick each other up. We all help each other out in any aspect we can. So, you know, I think opening a restaurant with a one month old or two month old, whatever it comes out to be um, is definitely challenging, but I know I have the people behind, uh, behind me and with me the entire way that, I have no question that, you know, it's going to get done and it'll be done the right way as well. Well, and then the, you know, the last thought, and then we could, you know, we'll wrap this up, but you know, it occurs to me, I mean, you were working at Tony's, which has a very defined like menu set of expectations. You know, obviously Tony Valone was there and had a, was the captain of the ship, right? Like, you know, you're coming into Marigold club and it's a blank slate and nobody really knows what to expect. And, and, I mean, how, how, how does that feel? I mean, it's, I, I would, I would imagine, but, but just talk about that kind of starting in a, on a blank page. Yeah. You know, I, th I think it's been, it's been really eye opening just to be able to, you know, create, you know, the menu, but I also think it's been quite difficult too, because I think, you know, being at Tony's for so long and, you know, being able to have a tasting menu and a la carte menu, and then the menu that they've been eating for, you know, 57, 58 years, and you kind of just do that. You know, I think there's a uniqueness to that to be able to kind of give everybody what they want. And I think that's, um, I think that's the difficult part in creating a, a menu is staying true to, you know, what Felipe and I and all the business partners love uh, in, in food and what we're focusing on. Um, and, and still making sure that the guest comes first, you know, I'm not the one sitting there eating dinner every night. You know, I think our guests need to take a priority. And I think Felipe does such a great job with other restaurants too. You know, we're not a, we're not a chef driven restaurant. We are a customer driven restaurant at the end of the day. And we want to make sure, you know, people are happy and, and people see unique things and we're excited about it, but they're just as excited about it as well. Well, I, I will say that that does bring me to the end of my questions. Is there anything I haven't asked you about that you want to mention? No, no, thank you. I think, yeah. I think you, you hit, hit, all, all, yeah. hit all of them. <laughs> all right. Well, Austin, since this is your first time on the show, I think we should wrap up with the lightning round. Okay. Five easy questions, five short answers. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Uh -oh. Austin Waiter, what is your favorite ingredient? Uh, fennel. What is the first band you ever saw in concert? Little Wayne. What is your fast food guilty pleasure? It has to come from a restaurant with a drive-thru. Raising Cane's. <laughs> Who is your favorite Houston sports figure, past or present? Hmm. I'll say CJ Stroud. That's our first CJ Stroud, but it will not be the last. Yep. And then and then finally, what is the new Houston restaurant you haven't been to yet, but you are dying to try? Uh I would say Basso. Good answer. All right. Felipe, give us the the website, social media, whatever you want to plug for Good Night Hospitality. Yeah, so our Instagram is uh, Marigold Club HTX. 
Um, so check check it out. You know, you're gonna uh, we're gonna be releasing news on opening and all of that there. Um, so we cannot wait. Felipe Austin, thank you very much. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, thank you, Eric, for having us. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week. Thank you.